Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Thursday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. On the program today, we are going to look at fantasy football awards for the uh, season that has just wrapped up. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of the coaching changes that have happened over the last 72 hours or so, and a little bit on uh, a basketball rant that was epic over the last few days. So uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel. Um, make sure if you're listening in podcast form, you subscribe as well. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. All right, let's get right into it. Let's look at the Fantasy Football Awards as we talk some football. All right, um, going to run through just a, a few of the uh, awards that I have come up with here from the, the past season. Obviously, only regular season really matters uh, for fantasy football, so that's what we're doing today. First, our fantasy football MVP, there is but one answer. It is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think Field Yates tweeted out something like 58% of fantasy leagues ha um, had, a, had Christian McCaffrey in a championship game. He was such a game breaker all season long. And the big question about him has been health right? Like he has been banged up a number of times throughout his career. And that has led to a number of issues in the, the fantasy football world. And so you, you can understand why people were a little bit hesitant about um, locking him in as a, a fantasy football number one pick. But if you did, you were paid off because that San Francisco offense was a wagon and he was a major part of that. He was a game breaker all season long, um, a weapon in the past game for those in the PPR, but just yardage-wise and touchdowns-wise. He scored a touchdown in every game but, like, two this entire season. It was an incredible run for Christian McCaffrey. Actionable for next year? I, I kind of think at this point you got to bet on this one until it falls off. Um, and now we saw, like, th there's no perfect pick th this season. I it was kind of Christian McCaffrey. Um, but, like, Justin Jefferson was a, a high pick. He gets hurt. Um, Austin Eckler was a high pick. He gets hurt. Um, Jamar Chase was a high pick. He gets hurt. And then his quarterback gets hurt. Uh, I guess same thing with Jamar Chase. His quarterback goes down with an injury. So he was about as reliable as you could have at the top of the draft this year. And I, I think that makes him one of the guys, or the guy, that you have to to, to lock in on as the, the one who was the most valuable this season. Our bust of 2023-24, it's Tony Pollard to me. You have a number of candidates here, but a lot of it is based on injury. Um, and so it just didn't feel right to, to go that way. But Tony Pollard was basically healthy all season long. He might have been banged up for a game or two as well, but he wasn't getting into the end zone at the start of the season. You, you never felt like you could really trust him all year long. And this was something I had said coming into the year, that he didn't feel like he was being appropriately scaled given how some of the concerns could be. It was just, oh, well, he was great with this amount of work, but now he's getting this amount of work. And it just kind of stayed the same for Tony Pollard. But he was drafted like first, second, third round in, in a lot of drafts. That, that would have been a real difficult thing to, to bounce back from, especially if you had one of the, the guys who also got banged up in the, the, the first round. Like if you went Jamar Chase um, and then followed it up with a, a Tony Pollard, you were kind of hooped all season long. So Tony Pollard was the bust for this year. There was a way to get out of it though. And that is our waiver wire pickup of the year. Um, it's a tie for me. Well, it, no, 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 it's not a tie. Honorable mention to Kyron Williams, who was a 
beast as a running back for the LA Rams. And there was so much talk like, look, it's Cam Akers backfield. Who else is there? Who else is back there? Uh, Kyron Williams, that's who. That 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 is the one who, who was there. So he was uh, an honorable mention, but it's Puka Nakua. Came out of nowhere. There was no hype around this kid, drafted in the fifth round, but he came out and lit the world on fire and was just consistent the entire season and really helped transform this LA Rams um, offense and specifically the passing attack back into something that was usable for fantasy football for, uh, for, for the entirety of the season. He was an absolute superstar. And if you were able to pick him up on the waiver wire, that offset any injury issues you had or any lack of performance from some of your top play players, because you basically got uh, a first or second round talent on the waiver wire. And I think it's something you can trust going into next year. Well, we'll see about Matthew Stafford's status. Um, but uh, I think you can trust him going forward. Kyron Williams, I, I think he kind of falls back into being just a guy. There wasn't anything overly impressive about him, I, I thought, this season. So I'm not rushing to pick up Kyron Williams next year. Um, Tony Pollard, is, just going back to that one because I didn't give any actionable advice. I, I think he kind of falls into like a fifth, sixth, seventh round running back to, to me. Um I'm sure he'll be drafted higher, but to me, there is no way I am trusting him at that point. Uh, draft steal of the year, because Puka and Kyron, maybe you drafted them, but odds are you got them in the um, got, got them off the waiver wire. Raheem Mostert was the draft steal of the year. There was a lot of talk about, well, we don't really know what's going to be going on with this um, with this backfield. Do we trust what what's happening? And then he sets the Miami Dolphin record for touchdowns in a season and was just brilliant. Um, the, the league that I won a championship in this year, he was a big part of that. Um, and a big part of my, my late season success was him being a part of this explosive offense. So I do think that like if you drafted him late, again, you got an absolute steal. So he is the best draft pick of the 2023 fantasy football season. Um, Team Let Him Down Award goes to Patrick Mahomes. It all fell apart for the Kansas City Chiefs this year offensively. They, they still make it to the, the postseason, and if they ended up winning a Super Bowl, uh, some people might be surprised, but th this is still a very good football team. But from a fantasy standpoint, Patrick Mahomes was not the, the guy that everyone needed him to be this year in, in fantasy. And um, I, I was preaching, like, get your quarterbacks early because the, these, like, you, you, it falls off a cliff and it did. It was just Mahomes was a part of that cliff. Um, it was an interesting year at the, the quarterback spot because like Mahomes kind of fell off a little bit. Josh Allen put up numbers. Um, Jalen Hurts would also put up some numbers as well, but like, yeah, it, it was just, it was an interesting year at the quarterback position. We talked about it on the show regularly about how quarterback wasn't really the, 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 the giant landscape that we all wanted it to be. Um, th this year, like it was, it was a rough year for quarterbacks, but Patrick Mahomes, he had no weapons to throw to, and it just made him, he wasn't a liability on your teams. You weren't dropping Patrick Mahomes. You could definitely bench him going into the playoffs, but it, it was a difficult spot because he has this name value and he is so talented, but he's like quarterback 15 on the week, quarterback 16 on the week, quarterback 10 on the week. Like he's just not, he's not providing the value of where you had him in these drafts. And it's because that the rest of the team around him just really let him down. So Patrick Mahomes, hopefully they get him some weapons going into next season. The rising fantasy star, sorry, is Devon Achan. What a breakout year for him that it was. And he was someone who we were looking at getting late in drafts, um, 
that rookie running back suggestion worked out. Um, A-Chan and Charbonnet, or no, sorry, um, Bigsby and Charbonnet, not so much. But A-Chan was definitely a running back pick that worked out. And you can see, in this offense or any offense, the explosion that he has. And I think we're just scratching the surface on what type of a player this kid can be. So I, I think that this is a a big win for, for Miami. And I, I think a big win if you can get him in, in Dynasty Leagues going forward. So those are some of the fantasy football awards for uh, last season. Some of the strategies looking at for, for this upcoming season now, um, obviously we'll, we'll have an entire offseason of things to flush out, but uh, don't get too cute is my first one. It, well, it, maybe like I was in a league where we we had a choice of where we could pick, and we picked fourth um, because it was like, well, I mean, we we know we're getting a good player there, and then we're gonna get something better on the turn, so let's go fourth. And I think a lot of people overanalyze stuff, including me, on Christian McCaffrey's health and and stuff like that. So just. It, it seems very oversimplistic. Just take the good players. Uh, sometimes we can overthink those things. I think quarterback depth is going to be important. It feels like a wasted pick to draft a backup quarterback every week, but we have seen the amount of quarterbacks that went down with injuries and how difficult that was to, to kind of bounce back from. I think if you can have, even if it's just a lottery ticket, but I, I think if you can have uh, a reliable backup quarterback going forward, it might be the way to go. Um, and, and just in general, overall depth is important. I, I think a lot of times um, we look at late in draft as like, okay, this is where this is where we get our lottery tickets. This is where we do that. I think it is important to build up some reliable depth. Again, just it's football. These guys get hurt all the time. It is a collision sport. So I think you have to build up that depth. And I think that is important. And that's not something I, I preached. I I love the stars and scrubs um, strategy. And if I can trade three bench play pieces for one star, I'm doing that all the time. Uh, not saying that I wouldn't now, but I, I do think actually having reliable depth is quite important. And I still think now getting a strong running back early is the king. It, it was just, it made such a difference this year when you're not trotting out uh, six and seven point guys in that spot every single week. So much more fantasy football talk for next season, but uh, that is it for now. Moving on, let's talk about um, the coaching changes in the NFL. It was made official today. Bill Belichick is done with the New England Patriots. And it kind of ends with a whimper, but make no mistake about it. This is the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League. And what he was able to do for... We talked a lot about it when Tom Brady retired. Tom Brady had two Hall of Fame careers in New England. And you could say Bill Belichick had two Hall of Fame runs with the New England Patriots. That first run where they get the three Super Bowls, and then the, the back part of this where it, it gets turned on again. I, I think sometimes, um, speaking of the fantasy football getting too cute, I think this team got a little bit too cute with, well, we have Tom Brady, we don't need any receivers around him. Um, and then when they finally got him receivers, those were the years they had success. Funny how that works. This was... And, and like, just an unbelievable run. The, the likes that we have never seen before. For 24 years, one of the most dominant coaches in the NFL. But it does leave an interesting legacy now going forward. Or, uh, uh, I guess the legacy is intact. Like, it, it is kind of nice now that we are all appreciating what we had with the New England Patriots. Hated them at the time. As a Raider fan, it kind of killed them uh, at the end. And there is, like, there, there's the, the spy gate and deflate gate and all of those sorts of things. But... This was an unbelievable era of football. They were the villains that football needed basically the entire time. As soon as they won that Super Bowl against the, the LA Rams and the, or sorry, at the time, the St. Louis Rams, the amazing, um, 
journey to stardom for Tom Brady. Once that was kind of established as, okay, well, fuck these guys. And they were the, the villains that we all needed. But he had an amazing eye for talent. He had an amazing ability to build a roster. Um, at times it fell apart, for sure it did. There was a couple times where it fell apart, he readjusted and, and got this team back. He just wasn't able, able to do it again this time around. And there's always going to be the, well, was it more Brady or was it more Belichick? It was both. Both guys were elite at what they did and uh, I think deserve all of the flowers for it. But it does leave an interesting, what does he do now? Because I think teams are going to fall over themselves to try to get this guy in. Um, odds are, if you bring him in, he's going to set the all-time coaching record with your franchise in the, the next year or two, or maybe three. Uh, he needs 15. But it has been a difficult role since Brady left. And I don't know if he has just lost it. I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know what it is. But it has not been good in New England for a while now. And to just suggest that um, he, he's going to get his fastball back if he goes to Atlanta or Seattle or L.A., I just, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be betting my franchise on it. It sounds weird to say, I don't think I'd bet my franchise on Bill Belichick coming in and turning things around. But... That there would be major concerns for me if I were to, to hand over the keys to him entirely. So it's an interesting spot for sure. Uh, another gigantic era ends as Pete Carroll. Apparently it's a mutual parting of ways. It didn't sound like it from the press conference, but apparently it's well, what's what's done is done. Um, and now his, his time with Seattle is, is in the books. And again, what an amazing run building up a new culture and turning the, the Seattle Seahawks, a franchise that was there. They made it to a Super Bowl and kind of got jobbed by the officials uh, losing to, to Ben Roethlisberger. But aside from that, like uh, you had the cute, like Matt Hasselbeck, we, we went the ball and we're going to score. Um, you, you have like every now and then like Steve Largent, man, that guy's a beast. Sean Alexander, MVP, like they'd have some pieces, but they were never really a marquee franchise. And he brought them in, set an identity and made them a marquee franchise. And, it is, uh, again, a dynastic, not, not dynastic, but an incredible run for, for Pete Carroll. And you, you factor in his college stuff too, and it, it's unbelievable what he has been able to do as a head coach. And just setting that culture and setting that chemistry in that lineup and in that locker room with a lot of big personalities out in Seattle, he was able to do it. And I, I think, kind of contrary to Bill, what he's able to do post-Russell Wilson, I think really shines a light on just how good this guy still is. Um, I think, much like with the one we're going to talk about in Tennessee, any suggestion that the issues this season with the, the Seahawks and them not making the playoffs is because of coaching is a wild mischaracterization of the problem. Uh, let's go to the Tennessee Titans. I think this is the type of a move that sets your franchise back 5-10 years. Th this is a colossal mistake from the Tennessee Titans. Um, Mike Vrabel instantly becomes, I think, the most attractive head coaching candidate out there. He, the, just that, that emotion that he was able to get out of his team, that, that will he was able to get out of his team in the final game of the regular season that didn't mean a damn thing to them, uh, I think shows the type of leader of men that he is. And to be able to drag that roster and turn it around into something that goes against everything that the NFL is in 2023, um, obviously this year didn't go well, but even just last year or the last couple of years, to drag that team with 
minimal talent to division championships postseason wins is nothing short of amazing. And I think to suggest that them that the fall off last year when everyone got hurt and then this year stumbles has anything to do with him is a real miss by this organization. And I think a decision that they are going to pay for dearly for years and years and years. Washington, it was time. Ron Rivera has three winning seasons. Um, I, I think he is... Uh, a culture setter. I, I think he is a, a decent leader, but I don't know, like tactically the riverboat Ron thing is just gone. And unless he has like hall of fame level players, doesn't really go well. Like he's, he, he's not one to elevate uh, an underperforming group. So I, we'll, we'll see what, what Ron Rivera ends up doing, but it is a blank slate in Washington right now that they have a couple of interesting pieces on offense, but not a whole lot on defense. Um, offensive line. Nah, the quarterback, no. They, they, you are walking into a reclamation project out in uh, out in Washington. In Atlanta, change was absolutely needed, but for a, a different reason. Arthur Smith was elite at not maximizing his talent. He was top of the food chain at getting the worst out of everyone on his team. To have that roster and miss the playoffs is inexcusable. They feel like they are a quarterback away from being a real problem in the NFC. And if uh, Bill Belichick wants to go there and they want to get the, the quarterback spot figured out, I've been saying for forever, Justin Fields makes this team a Super Bowl contender. Um, I, I think that you would have you, you would have a lot of buzz coming out of Atlanta for the upcoming season. Um, and then finally, the end of an era out in Alabama as the Crimson Tide will have a new leader. Um, Nick Saban has stepped down as the, the head football coach. The, again, greatest coach in the history of college football with, uh, with what he did at Alabama. And I think because it has become such an institution, and it's in the South and they were an institution before, we think, oh, well, it's just Bama. Of course it is. They were nothing when he came in. There was a long stretch in between successes with, um, with Nick Saban there. And, um, or before Nick Saban got there and he was able to turn it around in a big time way. He changed everything about that program. Um, I, I like, again, they were just, they were just kind of there in the SEC and immediately turned themselves into a juggernaut and raised the level, I think, of college football in general based on how dominant they were, how they were recruiting, how they were executing, what the what type of football they were looking to play. They were the rising tide that raised all ships out in, um, out in Alabama. And it is not, it, I don't think it's just as easy as, well, we're Alabama. We'll get another guy and bring him in. It is not going to be that easy. He was the one who set that culture and it is going to be a monumental job. And you look at the landscape in college football right now, that the SEC is going to get more difficult. Um, and you're going to have a couple difficult games now to get to a national championship with a 12-team playoff. So uh, that is not going to be an easy job to take over. Uh, this one, uh, a little bit longer than I thought, and uh, something has come up. So I'm going to go. We will table uh, the, the Darko rant stuff. Um, if you want some more of my thoughts on that, I was on Sportsnet 960 earlier this week. Um, and we, we talked about that there. So thank you all so much. Um, we will talk to you uh, one more time. Remember, uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Um, hit that like button. Subscribe on, um, subscribe on YouTube. And uh, yeah, tomorrow, Fights in Football Friday. Really looking forward to it. Talk to you guys then. I am out.